Welcome to C-Suite Radio. Welcome to Mitchell Levy Presents AHA Moments. Mitchell is a thought leader, entrepreneur, and TEDx speaker who helps you think big and lead an authentic life. Each week, Mitchell gives leaders the inspiration they need to make a greater impact and share their genius with the world. Now, here's Mitchell Levy. I am so excited about this episode. It comes from Thought Leader Life. Lisa McDonald was my co-host for the month where we brought in a number of guests to talk about legacy. And this is with the great Marshall Goldsmith, the number one CEO coach in the world. He's absolutely spectacular. This is an amazing session. He's done such an amazing amount of work in his life and particularly over the last couple of years, what he's done to help bring his legacy to live for many, many years, decades, centuries to go is absolutely worth listening to. Uh, don't miss this session. Bye now. Hi, Mitchell Levy, the AHA guy from AHA That, and welcome to episode 150 of Thought Leader Life. And we are, we are, I am so excited. So Lisa McDonald, Lisa, hi, welcome. Glad Hello, you're Mitchell. Here. Nice to see you again. We have had some amazing people on our show, and I couldn't have think think of, I couldn't have thought of, I couldn't have had a better guest than the phenomenal Marshall Goldsmith. Marshall, thank you for thank you for joining us. I I'm happy to have you. I'm happy to be here. Oh, I, I uh, for those that haven't quite seen it, Marshall was kind enough in 2000 before we actually had the AHA That platform, when he did his New York Times best-selling book, Mojo, we came up with a book called Mojo Tweet. And this is when, it was so funny, we asked somebody for a design and they thought, well, let's put boxes around what we do. Right. And it looked pretty, but as people started using the books, we started realizing that some people wanted to be able to, to type and write. And so now we print in color and then we have lines and we don't have those silly boxes. So... We did this book with uh, actually this year. So from 2000, and then we've done a couple others. We did, uh, for those that are interested, ahadapub slash life is good, which is Marshall's catchphrase, right? And so, so we did this one with Saul Sylvester uh, on the primary stakeholder-centered coaching that you're, that you're focused on with Frank Wagner. Right. So – when I think about you, and so I want to throw you a softball just to start. When I think about you and I look at your life, and particularly what you've done in the last couple of years, it's an amazing legacy story. And, and this, this segment, these sessions are focused on legacy. And hmm. so just first question, what does legacy mean to you? Uh, legacy means to me is what do you leave behind? So when you're no longer here, uh, what part of you, if any, is left? Got it. And so based upon that then, Marshall, um, if we could just extrapolate upon that a little bit for the viewing audience here and the listeners, you know, for everything that you've continuously endeavored to do and knowing that, you know, you're a staunch um, person who's committed to personal growth, personal development, really enriching the lives of so many other people, uh, mm -hmm. and doing it in a variety of platforms and vehicles in which to impart your message of life is good and everything that is uh, encompassed in that. How is it, if you had a choice, 
how is it that you would most prefer to be remembered? Oh, uh, to me, as I've grown older, my level of aspiration has gone down and down and down. My level of impact has gone up and up and up. So I would most likely be remembered as someone that helped you have a little better life, or maybe you or the people around you have a little better life. That's all. Lovely. Well, I would say that you've already uh, accomplished that, and I'm sure everybody here tuning in would be able to attest to that. Millions of times over. Um, and I like, I like that better life thing. You know, what was interesting to me when I started reading about what you were doing, so I, I was hearing from you and, and Sarah on, you came up with this concept. It started off with you passing your legacy on to 15 and then that expanded to a hundred and now you've gone on from there. What, what happened? So first of all, I'd love the implementation, but, but for those that don't know it, why don't you say what you did and then, and then go back to like, how did it come about? Well, I'll start with how it started. I went to a program called design the life that you love. The program was sponsored by a wonderful woman named Aisha Brussel. She's one of the top designers in the world. I met her randomly years ago. I was coaching the CEO of Herman Miller, a furniture company, and she was one of their designers, furniture designer. I interviewed her as part of my project with the CEO, and we became buddies. So she did a program called Design the Life You Love, and she invited me as a participant. So I go to this program, and as part of the program, she asked a question, who are your heroes? Now, my heroes are very kind and generous people who are great teachers. Um, Paul Hersey, Francis Hesselbein, Peter Drucker, uh, Alan Mulally, my client, Jim Kim. Um, just wonderful, wonderful people. They were so kind and generous to me, and they never charged me any money, and they taught me so much. She said, you should try to be more like them. Well, you know, I'm pretty generous. I give away all my material and everything, but I thought I could do better. I decided I'm going to adopt 15 people, teach them everything I know for free. And the only price is when they get old, they have to do the same thing. So I made a little selfie video and put it on LinkedIn. A 30-second, very primitive selfie video. It said, hello, my name is Marshall Goldsmith. I got ranked number one leadership thinker, number one coach, number one book. I'm getting old. I want to give everything away I know to 15 people for free. And the only price is when you get old, you have to do the same thing. If you're interested, let me know. That was the whole video. It turned out to be the most widely viewed video in the history of LinkedIn. Over 16,000 people have applied to be adopted. So now I've ended up adopting, oh, well over 100 people. And um, it's just been a wonderful, wonderful project. And I don't know if you saw the list of people, but it's amazing. Oh, I I know many of them. By the way, I did volunteer. But... um, I, I know many of them, and it's you, you've really picked some amazing people. Yeah, I'm still waiting know. on my adoption papers in the mail. <laughs> Don't give up. There's always, I'm not giving I never up. do. I never do. <laughs> yeah, there's. Uh, I mean, if you look at these people, it's like the president of the World Bank and the head of the Mayo Clinic and the dean of Harvard Medical School, and you know, uh, just the top designer and the mission control director of NASA and head of Sesame Street. Oh, and, yeah, you know, no, you, 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 I, I didn't feel bad when I looked at the list. I'm like, oh, okay, I didn't, I didn't make the list. Uh, now, know what I said, Marshall? I didn't make the list yet. That's yes. it. And, by the way, one thing I tell everyone, the people on that list are so impressive. If I had to do it over, I don't think I would be on the list. 
Oh, that's always interesting when when you think, and, and maybe that's a good question to think about. When, when we look at ourselves, even when we do amazing things, sometimes we don't give ourselves the credit. We don't think, when we're living in the moment, we're not thinking about who we are in relation to other people. I, that must, there must be a piece of legacy focus in there. What would be your thoughts on that? Well, for me, this whole project is about legacy. It's to give back. And uh, my, one of my ultimate heroes is Buddha. Buddha, amazing guy. He uh, talked about legacy. Here's a guy that lived 2,600 years ago. There was no written word. None. There was no technology. There was no written word. The first 500 years was oral transmission. So, you know, somebody, he talked to somebody, who talked to somebody, who talked to somebody, who talked to somebody. And then 2,600 years later, it impacts me. That was pretty amazing. And mm. so I thought, wow, how do you do that? Well, he just told people what he knew. And it's an amazing, amazing story. And, and for me, if you look at, just pick one, Peter Drucker. I mean, as long as I'm alive, he's alive. I, I'm not Peter Drucker. I don't claim to be. On the other hand, he taught me many things, and I always share as best I can the things I learned with others. So as long as I'm alive, he's alive. Lovely. I have two questions. If we could just circle back to the, the 100 coaches and, and you know, the what that's all about and how it's taken off. So I absolutely love the concept um, mm-hmm. and, and I think it's so important in terms of being a humanitarian, paying it forward, being of service to other people and knowing that there's always a way in which you can utilize your skills, your talents to be that beacon of light for the rest of uh, the world surrounding you. Now, just to challenge a couple of things or, or just to inquire because I'm really inquisitive about some of the things that you mentioned as it relates to that, Marshall, is, mm-hmm. um, you know, one, what is the definition of when you get older, you do the same? What, what, who, who defines that? Well, and, I, 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 maybe, I hope she doesn't see this, but she doesn't like to talk about her age. My oldest adoptee is 103 years old. Wow. <laughs> I love that. Wow. Frances Hesselbein, who, by the way, if you look at the list, she's the first person on the list deservedly so and she's a total hero of mine i just love her she's 103 that's incredible <laughs> that's amazing so and so, she's, she's the oldest the youngest i think is 34 and the oldest is 103 okay so i guess it's more subjective then it's more just about the principle than it is attaching a chronological age yeah, to her, yeah, correct yeah. okay uh, All right. I think, maybe I, think, she, I think when she's 110, though, she better be given back. <laughs> <laughs> she's got seven years to aspire to reach that goal. <laughs> That's phenomenal. And the reason why I asked that, Marshall, is because a lot of people would say, you know, especially with the younger generation coming up, this is an ideology that we want to impress upon people as young as possible. Yeah. Um, so, but I think it could speak to, you know, both sectors on the age spectrum, but I, I, the notion of what it is and what it represents, what it's indicative of, and the fact that it even exists and you've amassed this to over, is it always just 100 coaches or do you deviate from oh, that's that? that's just a metaphorical name. Okay, now, got it. Now we're going to have 25 in India, 25 in China, you know, really the next One generation. in Canada, one in one Canada. In Canada. We've got a couple of Canadians. We're getting used to more. Here's what's happening next. 
I, I haven't sort of announced this yet, but I want to expand the project. And the way I want to expand the project is I want the people who are in the first group to start adopting people so we can just have an extended family. Love it. So you might end up being my granddaughter. That's amazing. So this will become like instead of Ancestry.com, it'll be MarshallGoldsmith.com. A hundred turns out to be a million coaches.com. Because we're all interconnected. We're all interconnected. So, yeah, I'd really like to uh, expand this. And we've already started. Several of the people have already now adopted other people, which is great. It's fine with me. And in the future, I really want to have the others doing a lot of the adopting. Mm. Yeah. Fantastic. I think so I first I think I first came to understand that concept with cabbage patch dolls. <laughs> now it's people. There you go. Who thunk it? Yeah, yeah. So anyway, anyway, one of the people that I've adopted is David Knorr. He adopted a woman who is uh, youngest business school dean or I think the only woman business school dean in the top schools at Emory and and she was talking about wanting to adopt someone. So I said, oh, a young woman professor who might want to be a dean. I said, I know one, Kelly Goldsmith. She's a professor at Vanderbilt. She might be perfect. So maybe someday my my daughter would be my adopted great-granddaughter. <laughs> Fantastic. That's, that's an interesting way to think about it. So yes. what – I think, so you started, it was small. It was like, wow, this is a great idea. Let me do a video. You did a video. Yeah. You got it. I, I thought maybe a hundred people might apply. I, I, I just, so I, I hadn't talked to you. I remember talking to Sarah just about three weeks after the craziness started happening. Right. And she goes, she goes, Mitchell, you have no idea what's happening right now. Right. And it was, it was fun to see it. Yeah, I was made. I had no idea. I, I say I thought maybe a hundred people might apply, and you know, it turned out to be you know sixteen thousand. Holy cow! And then what? What's been a? What's been a? Both a positive surprise, like what didn't you expect? I, by the way, having somebody in your program that's one hundred and three that might constitute. But um, <laughs> so, what was a positive surprise? And then what was? What was one of those things that you're fixing between now and, and next, uh, next time? I mean, you have to realize I'm just making this up. So there's not some playbook out there, some guideline on how to do it. Or at least if there is, nobody ever showed it to me. So I'm just making this up as I go. I think it's been mostly positive surprise. First positive surprise, 16,000 people applied, which I had zero expectation that would ever happen. The next positive surprise is the people that did apply. I mean – you know, the president of the World Bank calls up and says, you know, I mean, can I be in the group too? <laughs> yeah, it's okay. He, he saved about 10 million lives, you know, when he was at Partners in Hell. I mean, you've saved 10 million lives, you know. I, I think you're in, you're in, you know. Yeah, I think you you probably deserve a little more than I do. And then, you know, Alan Mulally, who was the CEO of Ford, CEO of the United, he calls up, I want to be in a group, you know. <laughs> It's all right. <laughs> so I, I think it has been a surprise. All the people had teaching the group. Uh, Jim Kim and Alan and Francis, these people are all the teachers of the group. They all want to be members of the group. So that's fun. Nice. So, a couple of my friends, Gary Ridge, um, oh, I love Gary president Ridge. Of, of WD40. Uh, Lisa, I'm sorry, Judith Glazier. Judith, we've done a book with way back when. And I, so it's just fun to see a couple of my close friends also be part of that. It was beautiful. Wonderful people. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. 
And so each step, you're saying each step. So, so when you finished your first program, right, you did the first hundred, then the, ne- the next thing thinking about is, because part of when I was reading. Well, we started what you're with doing, 25. First program at 25. Oh, first with 25. Got it. Okay. 25. Yeah. And then after that, it just kind of has grown. Got now, it. 100 is a metaphorical term. Of course. Got it. So how, the question becomes, and this is a great question on legacy, because you had said that you're, you're starting to see some of the people you teach adopt others. How do you encourage that more? What is it that you give that really gets people to, to want to take that and move it to, because that, that makes you remembered for as long as that keeps happening. Yeah. What I would like this to be is like the, like more of a movement thing. Mm. Anything about me, just be an idea. And I love the idea. It's such a nice concept. I mean, not a whole lot negative to the concept. I mean, you give people everything you know for free, and the only price is when they get old, they try to be nice to others. So it's kind of hard to argue about it. <laughs> it's, a be- it's a beautiful concept. I, it's a friendly yeah. idea. You know? and, and so um, it's been very, very positive. I mean, you know, I would, I don't know this, but my guess is the people you've talked to have been in this have found it to be positive. <laughs> Well, I think the lovely thing about having you showcased here is, and you're actually the grand finale of how we're completing and winding up this series. I mean, we're going to do a little something with Mitchell afterwards to bring it truly full circle. Um, Mm -hmm. But I I really love what it is that you're saying, because, you know, sometimes we don't, we don't know what we don't know. And people are always looking for opportunities or suggestions or Mm -hmm. insights as to, you know, how can I incorporate that? It doesn't matter what scale you're at on the hierarchy of success or whatever mm-hmm. if you're a human being there's always a way in which to contribute there's always a way in which to give back and so I'm already thinking about how can I adopt your your um, philosophy and your program without piggybacking off you but the notion of how does how does the kindness factor trickle down because we need more of that right uh, that's not something you want to hoard. It's not something that you want to conceal. The, the idea and, and the goal is to get as many people on board with that philosophy as possible. Exactly. It's, it's, it's a very positive, upbeat idea. And I and the thing is, I'm almost 70. And the years pass very quickly. And mm. for me, realistically speaking, I might have five years to kind of work. I mean, most people aren't working at 70, especially my schedule is like that of a 30-year-old. So um, I might have five years left to work, and it's not forever. And one of the people I've uh, adopted is uh, Whitney Johnson. And Whitney, she taught me something really good. She said, our constraints are our motivators. And we should be happy we have these constraints. Well, my constraint is time. I have maybe five years left to really make a contribution. And I'm 70 now. I'm 75. You know, not too many people working after 75. And maybe I have five years left to make some contribution and do the best I can in the five years I've got. So what would the 103-year-old say to you about five years left? Well, she she's planning on three the last time I talked to her. Right? I mean, you look at where she's at, what she's in. <laughs> I mean, who knows? She asked the doctor how long are we going to live. The doctor said, who knows? I mean, <laughs> I mean, you know, when you're 103, I mean, it's kind of uncharted territory. <laughs> Absolutely. But she, from her perspective, she'd be looking at you going 75. You still got so much left in the tank, Marshall. Yeah, you're, 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 you're a man. 
I, yeah, I, I've known a lot of people. There are not many hers, though, so she's very unique. So right. She's, she's different, right. By the way, we, we published a book together. Um, it came out two weeks ago. Congratulations. Nice. Frances Hesselmine, her name, yeah. We, we did an edited book together two weeks ago. Lovely. What's the title of the book? Please share. It's called uh, uh, Work is Love Made Visible. Hmm. Yeah, nice. Very nice. Yeah. So I hope, hey, I hope when I'm 103, I'm cranking out another book too. Well, I'm hoping by the time you're 103, I'm, I'm one of the adoptees. <laughs> <laughs> All good. Because well, maybe. if I haven't made it in by then, there's a problem. <laughs> there's a, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. I, I do have cognizant of time, Marshall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, I like, I like, uh, yeah, I like the whole thing. So, in if somebody has the caliber of as people go through life, so so we'll just say we'll take Lisa, who's who's gotten ideas from this as of high, by the way. Yes. And what should we be thinking about? How do we? What are some of the lessons of? living it's kind of like just living a life worth living and passing on it's we, we've done some amazing books there's an amazing gentleman called bill wallace we're doing a, a a servant leader focused book and he's been serving his community for 30 years in a group called success north dallas and mm-hmm. he's done such amazing things and and it'd be great to take what he's doing and expand that so whether it's for like the bill wallace's of the world or other people what are some thoughts and ideas about increasing having other people share their legacy well I think it's interesting because uh, I think more people would be interested than you think Mm -hmm. I mean I'm totally shocked you know I mean I had no concept of 16,000 people would be applying for this and I think more people would be interested than you think and different people than you think too like our the newest guy, I don't know if you ever heard of him, is is Pau Gasol, the basketball player. Mm. Yeah, he was on the Lakers championship team. He's probably going to be in the Hall of Fame. Really thoughtful guy, though. Very interesting guy. And so he's the newest member of the group. And, you know, we got basketball player, Chris Cuomo. Chris Cuomo's in the group, CNN News. Very different. You know, so I think you might be surprised that some very different people might be interested. And, you know, you mentioned younger people. That's another nice thing you can do to help them. And the nice thing, nobody has to do it. It's like, it's not like you're make, making anyone do something here. No one has to do it. It's all volunteer. We have three rules in the group, by the way. Very strict. Rule one is no money. And everything is really quite different when there's no money involved. Mm. No money. Number two is a no expectation. And three, no guilt. There's no money, no guilt, no expectations. Everybody's a volunteer. You're only there because you want to be. Nobody has to do anything. You don't feel obligated or forced to do anything. It's all volunteer. Well, what I love about that is it really speaks to the spirit of the initiative and the movement that you're spearheading here. Um, because if any of those three things fell into the category of, of being in somehow aligned with what you're doing, it'd be very incongruent and it would be very disingenuous and it actually would be counterintuitive. So, uh, yeah. but I like the fact that it's stipulated so that it's, it's reinforced. 
Yeah. yeah, I like it. And so, yeah, there's no dues or fees or anything. People pay their own expenses to get to the programs, but that's all. And then there's no um, sense that you have to be somewhere or do something or guilt or shame or any of that stuff. So I like it. It's very positive. And the group is amazingly positive people. Mm. Yeah. Well, they would have to be, wouldn't they? Well, you know, you mentioned Gary Ridge. Gary actually gave has given some talks there to our group. And he's a wonderful guy, and he's just a totally upbeat guy. He's been a wonderful member of the group because he's been a teacher as well. Uh, Gary was a teacher. Al Mulally was a teacher. Uh, Chester Elton has been a teacher. Jim Kim, the president of the World Bank, has been a teacher. My friend Francis has been a teacher. So the group has been uh, really fortunate to be able to learn from some just amazing people. Beautiful. And so do you have a, I mean, I can just imagine there's a plethora of testimonials for any one of these people who are part of this, but I mean, is there one uh, example or testimonial that really speaks to you in terms of, okay, this really emboldens what I set out to do here. This really captures it beautifully. And I know it would be hard to discern and figure out one in which to cite, but is there, is there one testimonial that speaks to how this has taken off in the way that you wanted it to? I would say, you know, one would be Dr. Jim Kim. I mean, I love this guy. He was president of Partners in Health, and I literally saved tens of millions of lives. He is president of the World Bank now, and he is kind enough. I think two or three times he's donated a couple of days of his time, had people come to the World Bank, you know, been our host. It's amazing, you know, and it's this is something you can't buy. Mm. Lovely. Yeah. I didn't even know what the World Bank was, by the way. The World Bank's mission is the eradication of poverty on earth. I thought it was just a bank until I, until I <laughs> really <laughs> they were amazing. Well, it sounds like a bank, World Bank. I oh, I got you. Big bank, right? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> the biggest bank of them all. World Bank, World Bank. I didn't know. I didn't realize there was an organization devoted to the eradication of poverty. So I like it at 70 or however old you are, you're okay being vulnerable and okay demonstrating that, hey, you know some things and you don't know everything. And, and it's about how do we learn, grow, achieve. That's beautiful. That's good. That's good. And, you know, uh, my goal is, like I said, all that Paul Hersey, Peter Drucker, all those people taught me, uh, I'm not them, nor do I try to be them. On the other hand, they help me. And, you know, I try to use what they taught me to help others. So although I can't be them, I can learn from them. And so that would be my goal is, you know, help somebody and they help somebody else that's good i love how altruistic you are i really do because for all these people that you've cited by name there's no doubt in my mind that the finger would all be turning back and going that marshall goldsmith i mean what a teacher he is and what he's done in terms of being pivotal and instrumental in my journey and he doesn't he's so humble he doesn't even grasp to what degree or magnitude he has really shifted the 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 movement here and the change for the universal collective. Um, love that. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. yeah. It gives me, gives me ideas and thoughts about, about this. 
I mean, you don't want to write another book with Marshall before 70. That, that would yeah, be my... Uh, yeah. Well, unfortunately, <laughs> yes, but we won't talk about that here. A little late. Let, let's try 75. Before, before 75, yeah. Before 75, I had All to right, correct gotcha. myself on my math. 76 pretty much passed. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, it's it's an interesting, there's no, there's so many, we've had so many different people come on and talk about legacy, right? Mm-hmm. And and almost everyone's answer is slightly different on mm-hmm. what is legacy, what does it mean to them, and how do they approach it, right? And this particular piece of you, the giving back in the way that you've done is 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 unique among all the guests that we've had on the show. Thank you. Right? Absolutely. And so the 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 thing that's interesting would be how does that I'm trying to fast forward 100 years from now and see what that may manifest into. What's your what's a vi- do you have a vision, a plan, have you thought about hey what 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 could be, you know, good or bad 100 years from now from this ec- exercise you're doing today? I would hope 100 years from today that somebody indirectly is still doing this. That somebody is still doing this and they're doing it for others and others and others. And, you know, I think it's uh, what's that commercial? I mean, it's funny how branding sticks with you, but it's like and so on and so on and so on. So you know, sixteen thousand over here, sixteen thousand over there. You know, it's it's the olive branch, and it's it's uh, people just want to know some ideas. Again, people don't know what they don't know. So I mean, there's so many variations of how people could run wild with this in a way that is uh, beneficial for all of us. Well, and again, I think we. I'll speak for me, underestimate how much people would like to be helped and how grateful they are. And, you know, just uh, the fact that you just, you don't expect something back, you know, you're like, give me money or give me this or give me that. Just give people what you have. And then just tell them, you know, maybe you give somebody else something. And, you know, it's, it's, it's been totally surprising to me how many people have responded in a positive way. And I'm sure there are countless people like you and teachers and coaches and just day-to-day people that, you know, impacted people in their lives that, you know, you might be surprised that the people would like to learn something from you or be happy to. Fantastic. Has, Has there been, I'm kind of thinking way back when, about examples of people who have taken the approach you have. Um, I, the only thing that comes to mind is Aristotle, right? I could see you in a frock, you know, sitting on steps. <laughs> no, I, think I, I look a little like Socrates. I really yeah. Look more yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Socrates. So, probably is Socrates. Sorry. I, I think I meant yeah. Socrates. So I look I can, more like him. Yeah. Sorry. Socrates see looks like me. Thank you. Yeah, you, you look like him. I could see you in a frock, sitting on stone steps, spouting your wisdom, and then having it passed on along the generations. Yeah, it's good. It's all good. It's all good. And so, um, you know, and especially thousands of people from India have applied for this. Mm. This is a very Indian concept. It is. Yeah, the, the whole thing is very natural for Indians because the whole concept of a guru and pass back and no charge and all that. It's, it's more Indian than it is U.S. typically. 
I'm an eighth East Indian. Will you adopt me now? <laughs> Honestly, my grandmother was Shillong. There you go. Indian is good. Yeah. We got a lot of Indian yes, applicants. Yeah, we got many, many Indians. Yeah, and, I'll even uh, cook you a curry. I'll even cook you a curry. <laughs> so what, Marshall, just share one or two other surprises that came up along the way. Well, you know, I've been surprised how emotional people get. And a lot of people cry and um, just have a very, in a, not in a negative way, but in a positive kind of emotional way. Uh, and, you know, it's very family-like in many ways. You know, so I think a lot of people really appreciate this. I can't mention the names, but we have now had our first official two people fall in love. So, wow. so that's kind of cool. Right. Two of the single people now are, they are in love, L-U-V. So it's cool. So we got now two people actually in love. So this is a good, uh, a very good thing. Okay, we could run amok with that because technically if they're adopted. <laughs> no, I told him. I said, you're honorary. Honorary brothers <laughs> is only honorary. This is fine. It's I okay. Can't. Just not. I am from Kentucky. It wouldn't bother me anyway. <laughs> actually honorary brothers and sisters. So this is fine. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Well, the other thing we'll have to accomplish before 75, I'll be reaching out to Sarah, too, is, is a, a re-guest appearance showcasing you on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. Oh, thank you so much. Well, who knows how many other people might want to be adopted as a result, right? <laughs> Send me an email. Marshall's, Marshall's adopting people. Now, now, if you want to get adopted, the best thing is talk to some of the people that are adopted. Because my promotion for them is I want them to carry most of the ball moving forward more than me. So talk to Gary Ridge. Say, Gary. So are you, are, are you going on record then saying you'll be willing to share your email list with us? Marshall at MarshallGoldsmith.com. Right. Everybody yeah. else has been adopted. Yeah. Actually, I was thinking, I was thinking as you're talking, man, I need to. It's been too long since I've talked to Judith, and and yeah, let me ping, let me ping Gary. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> thank you. I'll do that. Note to self. Okay. Yeah, note to self. Act. <laughs> Very good. And and I just I love this the overall concept, the feeling, hearing it directly from you. At some time in life, I mean, we try to as humans. I think many of us try to give back in some way or the other. And that, right. that service, that, that servant leader focus is, is, is something that's valuable. And, and I think I, I just loved how you, when Lisa and I started talking about let's focus on legacy and let's do that. You're the first person who popped in my head, but it took a while before we said, Oh, Hey, Marshall, we need you because you're a living demonstration as someone who's actually executing on that promise of legacy as we speak well you know i'm a buddhist i'm not a religious buddhist i'm a philosophical buddhist and buddha was brought up very rich and he was able to sneak out of his bubble three times he learned three things you get old you get sick and you die that's in the cards and you have all the money in the world you get old you get sick and you die you run marathons you're going to get old you're going to get sick and you're going to die and he thought, you know, um, I could be, his father tried to make him happy by giving him more. That didn't work. 
then he lived in the woods and tried to starve himself and thought he'd be happy with less, and that didn't work either. So he learned you can only be happy with what you have, and you can only be happy now. And the other thing about Buddhism is I think it gives you, a, at least for me, a, an acceptance of death, that we're all going to die. None of us are going to be here forever. And um, we can delude ourselves. I'm, I'm 70. Very few people are going to live to be 103. My friend is kind of the exception. I'm 70, and the show doesn't last forever. And sometimes the show's going to stop. And the legacy to me is, you know, okay, show stops. What do you do now? Well, if we were sitting in a casino, I'd be putting all my chips on. You're going to live to 103. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be fine with me. (laughs) That would be great. That's just more opportunity to give back. Hey, Marshall, is there, we, we, I didn't know where this interview was going to go and we, we've asked a number of different questions. Is there a question that we should have asked you or something you'd like to share um, as sort of a wrap up of, of, for those that actually see this episode and want to learn more or do, we'll, we'll let people reach out to you. You already gave you an email, but we'll do that again. But is there a question we should have asked you that you want to answer? Yeah, I think the final thing I always like to say, and I think both of you have heard this before, but it doesn't matter. I always like to say it to every group is uh, just imagine that you're 95 and you're about to die. And right before you take that last breath, you give your beautiful gift. The ability to go back in time and talk to the person that's listening to me right now. What advice would that wise old person who knows what mattered in life and what didn't and what was important and what wasn't important what advice would that wise old person have for the you that's listening to me right now? Whatever the answer to that question is, do that. You mean other than go back and buy Google and Apple at the time? Uh, other than that stuff, the the, yeah. the, the, the more heart-centered stuff is what you're talking yeah, about. And basically what comes up is, you know, be happy from old people. Friends, family, and people do whatever you can to help people. And then go for it. You have a dream, go for it. And if you're not going to go for it when you're 70, you're probably not when you're 90. Very true. Yeah. So do it now. Very yeah. true. And I'm, by the way, I'm very hopeful with, with the current generation that's coming up have more of that ingrained into their psyche than the generation that you grew up in or I grew up in and so on. So. Well, I just want to say I'm, I'm super grateful for the gift of your time because as somebody – who, based on what you just said, Marshall, really grasps the value of time and how fleeting time is, but the way in which you choose to emit your energies and where you apply your focus and and how many people you're willing to anchor up every single day uh, to get on this universal message of what we all need to do, I believe. Uh, There's really no excuse. It doesn't have to be creme de la creme. And as you say, you take money out of the equation. Isn't it interesting how many people are, are more forthcoming and voluntary in their nature to roll up their sleeves so knowing what time means to you and how you value it i want to thank you for the gift of your time for joining mitchell and myself here today it's been a true honor thank you so much and and marshall could you repeat your email address or how people how people should reach out marshall, to you m-a-r-s-h-a-l-l at marshallgoldsmith.com and my website is www.marshallgoldsmith.com and you can learn about the 100 coaches at the website Beautiful. And Lisa, how do people reach out to you? Uh, well, people can reach out to me indirectly through Mar- um, Marshall because he's going to adopt me. <laughs> <laughs> 
because he's fielding all my correspondence. Positive, this positive <laughs> affirmation. I got it. Okay. That's what a per, that's what a parental figure would do. I've got a little yeah, bit discerning with all the emails. So, um, but anyway, I appreciate the question. I can be reached at uh, livingfearlesslywithlisa.com. I'm all over social media. Um, my email address is lisa at livingfearlesslywithlisa.com. And of course, radio with C-Suite Radio Network uh, every Friday on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. And, and I just want to say, Marshall, having known and interacted with you for at least 18 years of my, if I'm compiling and another note to self, compile the top 10 list of humans I've interacted with. You are well close to the top of that list as just being honorable, uh, straightforward. So, uh, so heart centered in a business facing world. It's just been my honor and pleasure to get to know the legacy and the reality of Marshall Goldsmith. Thank you so much. Oh, you're absolutely welcome. Just it, it, I'm glad I had the chance to say that because it's, it's beautiful. Well, and, and really what that encapsulates is your life and how you choose to live it speaks for itself. Your legacy is every day you wake up. Mm, beautiful. Um, so for those, uh, just if, if for those that want to reach out to me, um, feel free to just Google my name, Mitchell Levy, and connect to me on the social media platform that works for you. So LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Google+, which once again, I should stop saying that because I heard it's going away, uh, <laughs> Snap, Pinterest, and Instagram. So <laughs> I'll, play, I'll play at the place that the clients and those that want to interact with me want to play. So, hey, thanks, everyone, for joining us for this episode of Thought Leader Life. Look forward to seeing you at the next episode. Marshall, you are awesome. Lisa, thanks for making this happen. Take care, everybody. One more thing. It has been a good day, Marshall. It's a good day. Because life is good. Life is grand. (laughs) Bye. Bye. This is Mitchell Levy, the AHA guy from AHA That. Thanks for listening to this episode of Thought Leader Life, where I'm joined by one of our thought leadership co-hosts, to create compelling thought leadership that will propel their status in their industry. To learn more about Thought Leader Life, go to thoughtleaderlife.com. And to learn more about creating and sharing your aha moments, go to ahathat.com slash author, where you can also find a link to book a strategy call. You've been listening to C-Suite Radio. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.